happy Friday and welcome back, shit givers. I'm Quinn Emmett, and this is the important, not important newsletter, Science for People Who Give a Shit. This newsletter features the most important science news of the week, how to think about it, and what the hell you can do about it. Hit the subscribe button right now so you get this audio newsletter every Friday, plus our conversations with the smartest people in the world on Mondays, including lessons, tips, and action steps you can use to fight for a better future for everyone. As always, you can find the digital version of our newsletter and links to everything at newsletter.importantnotimportant.com or right from your show notes. It's March 11th, 2022. In climate change news, how to get off oil... But for real this time. In the news, President Biden announced this week a ban on imports of Russian oil, fossil gas, and coal, and vodka. For context, less than 10% of America's energy supply, just 700,000 barrels a day, which is apparently not much, comes from Russian oil, compared to the EU, which imports 4 million barrels a day, much of it for heating. To be clear, none of it comes from vodka. Have no doubt, however, the fossil fuel ban will result in higher gas prices at home, which means low-income folks and people and companies that rely on transportation for their business are going to have an even tougher ride of things than they already are. And that's just not going to go well in the November elections for Democrats. In the meantime, the EU took a bigger hit and announced plans to reduce dependence on Russian natural gas by two-thirds by next year and all Russian fuels by 2027, which would help cut off Putin's once-and-future-war machine where it counts. And because ESG means nothing and everything at the same time and time is a flat circle, lost in all of this is you— you, in fact, may be among the many who noticed your portfolio was a bit more exposed to, well, not ESG than you thought. The long-term answer is to electrify fucking everything we can find, to bury petro-autocrats once and for all. And you know what would help accelerate the hell out of that transition? Heat pumps. Understand it. To be crystal clear, more drilling and fracking at home isn't going to make any of this go away. Why not? Well, Oil companies are sitting on thousands of unused leases as it is. It takes four years to spin up new gas terminals, and existing ones are at current capacity. And oil companies, unexpectedly profitable once again, have already said they're not up for producing more. So, heat pumps. Sort of weirdly named, they are preposterously efficient, run on electricity, and replace your AC and heat. For the latter, for example, they absorb heat from the air outside our house and use it to warm the inside. Cozy. Look, they're a goddamn delight and save you a boatload of cash in the long run. And Europe and the U.S. could use a hell of a lot of them because of, you know, war and climate change. So the Biden administration is actually considering producing exactly that many, a hell of a lot, to send abroad. We'll see what happens. Because look, however batshit Putin must be, Whatever his reasons for war, he is a symptom of a greater plague. Two centuries of geopolitics built on a finite resource that enriches suppliers, explodes and sets the ocean on fire, and fuels massive carbon emissions all the way down the supply chain. We need disclosure regulations, better building codes, and to price fossil fuels accordingly, for sure. We need carrots and rebates at the register, no doubt. But we also need to look at what Putin is saying to Ukraine, what he is doing to Ukraine, to look at Mohammed bin Salman and Nicolas Maduro, what air pollution is doing to millions of people, and say, yeah, we're just not going to fucking do this anymore. Here's your action step. 
Build Back Better was, or is, supposed to subsidize heat pumps, but if you can afford to make the switch now, or need to because your ancient air conditioner is definitely going to die on the hottest day of the summer, check out Carbon Switch's excellent guide to buying a heat pump. In COVID news, here's a vaccine equity update. Just 13% of people in low-income countries have received at least one dose, and 36.8% of people worldwide have received no doses. Let's talk about the things we write off. Here's the news. First, mask mandates are gone in all 50 states, and so is COVID funding. Boosters, however excellent they may be, and vaccine equity are mostly flat. Meanwhile, cases are skyrocketing in countries that nailed social distancing but lag very far behind on vaccines. What else? Kids' vaccines are holding up as well as adults, which is good because COVID causes heart damage and might cause some slight brain damage. And oh yeah, we've normalized a million deaths. From Ed Yong in The Atlantic. The United States reported more deaths from COVID-19 last Friday than deaths from Hurricane Katrina, more on any two recent weekdays than deaths during the 9-11 terrorist attacks, more last month than deaths from flu in a bad season, and more in two years than deaths from HIV during the four decades of the AIDS epidemic. So listen, COVID and climate and war, all of these things, they're not about viruses or carbon or tanks. They're about us. After Katrina and after 9-11, we promised ourselves never again. We made some big changes. We didn't change some other stuff. Over time, we normalized a lot of things. We normalized taking our shoes off at the airport. We normalized massive domestic surveillance and more. After Sandy Hook, we normalized the worst thing imaginable. You get the point. I think about this virus. I think about this virus the way I think about methane. You've interacted with it more than you can think, but you can't actually see it. Most of us have never used these fancy new satellites that can see and track methane plumes, or calculated the cumulative devastation of a gas that is 25 times more potent as carbon dioxide as trapping heat in our precious atmosphere. A gas that is deadly to us right now, all the time, even if we literally don't see it that way. And so we've accepted fossil gas as relatively less bad than, say, coal, despite the leaks and the explosions and the unprofitability. It's just easier for most of us to have this cheap fuel. It's easier for companies to buy carbon offsets instead of decarbonizing at all, apparently. Just like it's easy to get a few vaccines and stop wearing masks, which is okay, but hold on to that. We did that stuff because the dead were mostly among the retired and the marginalized. Because immunocompromised people who are still in danger are still trapped at home or they're unseen, or they're under five years old, or they're thousands of miles away, unvaccinated. We've decided as a Western people that what we will tolerate and who is expendable because we've never calculated, much less paid for, the true costs of our lifestyle, our fuels, our guns, our diets, and our freedom. So we can get the vaccines and take off our masks, but we have to do the unsexy stuff too. Expanding paid leave, recruiting community health workers, making tests ubiquitous, reinventing ventilation and putting it everywhere, subsidizing air filters, expanding broadband for remote work, vaccinating the rest of the world, vaccinating ourselves, and electing people to office who simply want to care for one another. I refuse to believe that this country can remain steadfastly uninterested in providing bootstraps to anyone who didn't inherit them at birth. And conversely, 
in taking them away from the people who need them the most. We simply cannot do these things and still flourish through what's coming down the pipe. Here's the good news. Most people do want a way better future. We just need to say it out loud to each other and build actions and communities on top of that desire. The time to do better better is now. And I'm thankful every day that you're with us. Here's your action step. Read Drs. Celine Gounder and Robert Putnam in Time Magazine on how to build out community health before the next pandemic hits. In food and water news, greenwashing is definitely less fun than it sounds. Greenwashing is everywhere, from oil wells to your portfolio, all the way apparently to the milk aisle. And here's my full disclosure, uh, the portfolio and milk aisle combined for me uh, in an early investment in Ripple Foods, which includes milk made from peas. It's fucking delicious. Here's how to understand greenwashing. Spinning products from t-shirts, trash bags, to fossil fuels to be more environmentally friendly than they are is not only misleading, it's dangerous. It actually makes customers skeptical of all claims, even the good ones, a result that is profoundly unhelpful. There's another 5,000 words to write about how one agency, the FDA, regulates both nutrition labels and COVID tests, but the important part here is that labels like sustainable follow in the footsteps of old favorites like all-natural, which means they really don't mean shit. Here's what's new, though. Marketers know the game is up. From Campaign. As industry regulations tighten around sustainability, half of marketers have admitted they are wary of working on sustainability marketing campaigns, fearing their company or clients might be accused of greenwashing. Meanwhile, more than half of marketers' companies and clients recognize sustainability as a business priority, with 51% saying that climate change could threaten the very existence of their business or clients. They are correct. And so progress is coming, if incrementally. The United Kingdom, for example, has taken measures lately to explain exactly how environmental claims can be legally made. And this year, the FTC's green guides will finally get updated. Here's your action step. Are you an advertiser or marketer? Check out Clean Creatives from our friend Jamie Henn and company and take the pledge to refuse to work with fossil fuel companies or their support groups. In health and bio news, here's a letting headline. Ugh, the news. Lead exposure from gasoline may have shrank the IQ scores for half of all Americans. Lead was once everywhere, but for the better part of the 21st century, sorry, the 20th century, it was in gasoline, and folks born in the 60s and 70s especially breathed a hell of a lot of it out of exhaust. So here's how to understand it. Look, lead is definitively no bueno. It's so dangerous to brains and bodies that researchers say there is no safe level of exposure. And good news, we removed lead from gas in the 90s, but like air pollution, it's still everywhere, and especially in redlined black and brown neighborhoods. It's still in millions of water pipes across all 50 states, so the Biden administration would love to remove those ASAP, but of course, funding has been hard to come by, despite clear benefits to children, adults, and the economy. Here's your action step. If you work with local or state health or infrastructure authorities, join the EPA's Clean Water Pipes webinar on March 16th and find out how the $43 billion the infrastructure law put towards water pipes can be put to use in your community. Okay, in beep boop news, hey Siri, do I have cancer in this picture? Here's the news. IBM's Watson experiment might be dead, 
but Microsoft is all in on health artificial intelligence. Stat News reported this week that Microsoft forked over $16 billion for nuanced communications and aims to use its speech recognition and other heralded AI slash machine learning tools to do things like make radiology imaging sorting and records administration drastically more efficient. Here's how to understand it. What makes this situation different from, again, Watson's is reported 80% of radiologists in the U.S. already use Nuance. So, theoretically, they could run algorithms against every chest CT in the country and maybe make some serious progress against lung cancer. But here's the thing. From Watson to Epic, which probably has your electronic health record, AI clearly has a ways to go. The path from an always-listening chatbot that dangerously misinterpreted a text to my wife to health platform that measurably saves lives has been an arduous one. But I believe tools like these can do net good if expectations are appropriate and implemented ethically. Here's your action step. Speaking of ethically, it's a perfect moment to dial into my fascinating conversation with Abhishek Gupta, mastermind of AI ethics at the Montreal AI Ethics Institute. You can find it right in your podcast feed. And here's 10 things from my notebook. This black-founded startup wants to help folks find cheaper groceries online. Facebook's man with all the influence is not who you think. Coal mines are going solar in Virginia. Where are all those battery breakthroughs anyways? London's expanding their ultra-low emission zone to everywhere. The FDA wants cancer trials to include more elderly folks. Why was cleaning up the ocean's garbage patches a bad idea? A Chinese minister warned of the worst wheat crop in history thanks to floods. The Vatican launched an online platform to help Catholics fight climate change is definitely not something I thought I'd type today. And muscle strengthening might reduce risk of death from literally all causes. So again, like I said in the newsletter, does that apply to sharks? Does it apply to uh, death from lightsabers? I guess so, because it's muscle strengthening, which is fascinating. So thanks to everyone for listening. That's the news for this week. Hit subscribe now again so you get next week's analysis and news straight to your feed. To go deeper on any of the news or to find your action steps, go to newsletter.importantnotimportant.com. Thanks for being a part of our community, and thanks for giving a shit. Have a great weekend.